0: Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Hey, thank you for coming. You all can be seated this morning. Thank you for coming today. Happy New Year, everybody. It's 2022. (laughs) I really feel like I blinked and 2021 went by. I thought literally the other night, I was like, what on earth? Where did 2021 go? But it's a new year, and it's going to be a good year. Hey, did you know that we are a region-changing church? Did you forget about that? Do you believe it? Do you confess it? We are a region-changing church, and we impact the government. We impact the school system around here, and we impact our community. I believe it, and you'll see it in your life if you say it. Today, we're starting a series. Pastor Jordan asked me to start a series today called Growing Up, and I could do a little bit of that. (laughs) I'll be the first one to say it. We're starting a series. Today's the first message. He's going to preach a few more after this on the title of growing up. And this is a year of growth for our church. Not just talking about these seats being filled. I'm talking about your spiritual life too, for your family, for your homes. This is a year of growth. And if you were here for the special meeting, this is a year of acceleration. And I'm jumping on board with that right away. Yeah. Doctor and I own a business and Dr. Key said first thing he said it's a year of acceleration for your business. He said, I'll take it. So it's a year of growth and a year of acceleration. It'll be what you say it's gonna be. So if you say it's gonna be stagnant and we're hitting the brakes, that's what it'll be for you. But I, I don't wanna live that way. It's a year of growth and it's a year of acceleration. And we're moving forward as a church. Amen? Amen. Well, I'm gonna get started today. Uh, Pastor Jordan asked me to share this message. I walk a lot. I think it's an impartation from Pastor Jordan, so you're gonna be doing this quite a bit. If we had cameras, they wouldn't be happy with me. But um, Pastor Jordan asked me to share this message. I gave it, I think, about six months ago at the quarry. Uh, Morgan Cook and I and a, and a group of leaders uh, run the youth ministry here and um, on Wednesday nights. And I shared this message, and it meant a lot to me, and it still does. And he said, hey, I like that message um, a lot. And I would like you to share that towards the end of the year, maybe into the new year. So that's what we're doing here today. I've, uh, I've taken out some of the jokes that I say with the young people, bathroom humor. So I won't be saying some of that today. Oh, oh I could. I could add it back in there. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll throw it back in there. If you want. No, I, I, I had to uh, make it uh, more Sunday worthy, let's just say. <laughs> I had a couple jokes in there, but uh, I'll save them. Most of, sorry, but older people, I don't know if you'd get them. I'm just saying. Hey, I'm 33, and I don't get most of our uh, youth's jokes. They're like, don't you know what that means? I'm like, no, I don't, actually. <laughs> I want to start today uh, with a story. You guys like stories? Yes. Okay. And I kind of have this typed out. I'm just going to read this story to you, and I just want you to listen to it for a moment. This story about a guy that I knew. I think we've all probably known somebody like this. There's a, there's a young guy with a lot of drive, ambition, and motivation, but he, he had nowhere to direct it. This guy grew up in a family, and um, it was a big family. Let's just use a, a nice word and say it was dysfunctional. That's a nice, that's a nice word. <laughs> he had unrealistic expectations that were put on him, but there was never like any real solution on how to even accomplish these things. So kind of you know, so a number of years went by, and this guy decided to join the army. He developed a very healthy drinking habit, you know, because that's what you do in the military. <laughs> Anybody that's been could say amen, but don't say amen to it. Um, he excelled in his military career, and he uh, was offered uh, many perks and uh, different job opportunities along the way. You know, he decided he decided to extend his military contract an additional six years in hopes to uh, get his 20 years in, because you get retirement in that moment. And, when you were somebody like this guy, you thought, hey, that's the only way I can ever get ahead in life is if, is if I get this retirement. And that's my only security for my future. So, so a little more time went by and his dad was like, you should be a gunsmith. And other people said, you should do this. And hey, you're really good at this and you're good at teaching kids and you should do this. And you know, you, this guy has a background of, of, of military and law enforcement. You should pursue being a, a police officer. So this guy goes to college and um, he changes major four times. It's a few in like one semester. And um, I don't know. I know you know, don't know who, you're, who I'm talking about right now, but this guy changed his major four times. He was in a relationship with anybody that, that would look at him more than once. He was desperate. <laughs> Mike, where's Michael Manning? One time, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll save it for, I'll, I'll tell you in a second. Let's just say Michael Manning told this guy one time, hey man, you need to stop, you look desperate. And this guy was like, dude, who are you? (laughs) He was right. (laughs) This guy chewed tobacco like it was his job, (laughs) but this guy wound up developing throat cancer. He lived through a number of shameful life events that left him uh, feeling guilty and covered up. He bounced around from job to job, never feeling satisfied or fulfilled. And always live for the weekend. We know some people like that. Just living for the weekend, man. Just living for the weekend. (laughs) Live with anxiety, fear. Live with nervousness. Never feeling settled. Always feeling very timid. person finally got married and had a few kids, but it wasn't the right woman. It wasn't the right marriage. So it turned into kind of a cold house and they, they agreed that they'd stay married until the kids were in high school and then they would split. And I could keep going with the story. This guy would be 33 today if he was still alive. But that person died 10 years ago. And that person was me. And that's where I was headed. And that person was you. And that's where you were headed. And that person was us. That's where we were all headed. But it took someone named Agnes Rogan to tell somebody named Maya Smith to tell somebody named Michael Manning to tell somebody named Amzie Bach about a church called Church in the Rock. That rhymed, it wasn't supposed to, but. (laughs) And so I showed up and there was leaders and pastors here, life group leaders and other people I looked looked up to as a father figure that pointed me in the right direction. (laughs) And I'm thankful for it. You know, the local church, the title of my message today is The Local Church Has Saved My Life. Do you see it that way? The local church has saved your life, whether you uh, give it that position of honor or not. It's saved my life. The local church has, t- has made me into who I am today. The local church has taught me how to thrive in every area of my life. <laughs> local church taught me who to marry. Thank you, Lord. The local church taught me how to raise a family and be a Jesus dad. Local church taught me when to say something and when to shut my mouth. <laughs> and uh, I've needed that a lot. Local church taught me how to grow up. That's what we're talking about this month is growing up. I'm thankful. On Sundays, anytime I lead worship, I just can't get away from the topic of being thankful. It's all through the Bible. I don't think it's something that's elementary either. Like, Amsie, shouldn't you be over that by now? Isn't that kind of for, like, young believers? No, it's for everybody. It's for the 65-year-olds and the 80-year-olds, 80-year-olds and the 15-year-olds. You should be thankful. <laughs> you've been saved from so much. Do you realize whether you're a church kid and you grew up and life's been pretty good your whole life or if you're like Brother Joe and me and you've lived through some things, you should be thankful. There's a life that Jesus has saved us from that I'm glad I don't have to, re- to know what all of that was going to be like. Some of us are like, well, I don't really have a testimony, like a strong testimony that I've lived through things. Praise God that you don't. Yes. You just don't have to get delivered as much as some people. <laughs> but I'm thankful. And that comes out in my singing all the time. You know, Dr. Jacobs talks about healing, talks about angels, talks about deliverance. That's what's marked him. He's lived through that, and he so desperately needed those things, and they helped him. As Brother Hagin talked about faith and healing. I talk about thankfulness. I'm not saying I'm one of the spiritual giants. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I talk about thankfulness. It means so much to me because I remember who I was. And I'm not so far in my spiritual life or so spiritual or so mature that I forget about that. Don't forget. Or don't, don't remember to give your past glory though. It's not, it doesn't deserve that. Jesus does. But remember so that you'll be thankful. So we're talking about the local church has saved my life, and we're talking about it taught me how to grow up. Let's look at 1 Peter 5.10. It's on the screen. I have it typed up. I'm going to read it. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, this is how the Amplified, who impart, I love the Amplified. Anybody love the Amplified? Good translation. Who imparts his blessing and favor, who called you to his own eternal glory in Christ. I love this. Will himself complete, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Look at this making, making you what you ought to be. <laughs> you know, you had a plan for your life of who you thought you ought to be, right? How, how good was that plan? Not too good. You know, we all have plans. People have plans for our lives. Your moms and dads have plans. Your grandma has a plan for your life. But when you get connected to the local church, it says that God makes you what you ought to be. If you're open to it, you can stay the same if you want, but I want to change. I want to, I want to be the person that I'm supposed to be. Amz, do I have to be a if, can I, can I, can I, do I have to go to church if I'm a Christian? I mean, I recommend it, but you can also have a gym membership at the gym and never go and be soft and mushy. Nobody really likes soft and mushy. I recommend it. I would encourage it greatly for your life. It's the best life for me. So it just depends on how strong do you want to be. You skip a service. You missed a workout. You missed an event, you missed a workout. How strong do you want to be? I want to be I want to be as built up as I can because in 2022, this year, we're going to need it. I'm prophesying doom and gloom. We understand we live in kind of a crazy world, but we also serve a really good God that has a wonderful future for all of us in store. We need the building up that the local church provides. I do. I'll be the first one to say I need it the most out of anybody. My goodness. I don't care how long you've been in it, If you've been in this church for 30 years or you're like me, I've been here for 10 years. Or if you just started coming, you need the building up that the local church provides. There's no substitute for it. I'm a local church teamster. (laughs) So I have a couple points here. I'm going to start with the first one. The local church provides a divine rescue. (laughs) I'm thankful. (laughs) I'm thankful for that divine rescue. My goodness, I haven't forgot about it. I think a lot of us have I'm just going to say it I stand here all the time on a Sunday morning I look out I'm not the pastor of this church so I'm not going to be corrective (laughs) but I stand here and look sometimes and I feel like I can understand I can pinpoint the ones who are thankful in their life because they express it the local church has provided a divine rescue for us this is the rescue that I didn't know that I needed though right (laughs) and here's one thing I want us to get over real quick is you didn't save you Jesus through the local church saved you you didn't earn this Jesus earned it for you you can't measure up you can't be good enough but when you enter into what Jesus has provided it gives you all the qualification that you'll ever need let's look at this scripture Ephesians 2 8-9 out of the Amplified for it is by grace God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing you to Christ that you have been saved thank you lord actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith and this salvation is not of yourself so you didn't do this you didn't you didn't earn it you didn't work for it you didn't do this and this salvation is not of yourselves not through your own effort but is the undeserved gracious gift of god not as a result of your works nor of your attempts to keep the law so that no one will be able to boast or take credit in any way for his salvation. It's a free gift. And I said yes to it. And I want you to say yes to it. I know there's a lot of believers in here this morning. Let's look at what the divine rescue has done. Out of 2 Samuel 22, 17 through 20. I love this. This is just, it's tender. (laughs) This is a tender scripture. I love it. It says, he reached down from heaven and rescued me. (laughs) He drew me out of deep waters. Anybody been in deep waters? Some of the youth are like, yeah, with my parents right now, deep waters, man. Help me, help me, Jesus. He rescued me from my powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were too strong for me. They attacked me at a moment when I was in distress, but the Lord supported me. He led me to a place of safety. He rescued me because he delights in me. You know the Lord delights in you? You need to get that revelation. He delights in you and he loves you and he's proud of you. He loves you so much. You know, talking about a divine rescue... I've mentioned it a little bit already, but let's not forget our first love. Yes. 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 Yeah, you're right. When you first met Jesus and things were fresh and exciting and new, and you, you could think back and you remember what that's like, and you were smacking everybody in the head at Walmart and say, receive Jesus to every person you could talk to, every waitress you could tip, you were telling about what had happened to you. Yes. But as you go on, you think that, you know, I've earned this, you know, I've earned this free gift, you know. I'm polished up now. (laughs) Don't forget your first love. Some of us were so passionate and on fire before. I don't want to try to be corrective or anything like that. I need to do the same. Sometimes I do really good at it and sometimes I don't. It's just part of living this Christian life. Let's look at Jeremiah 2.2. He says, go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem. And this is what the Lord says. He says, this is what the Lord says. I remember the devotion of your youth. How as a bride you loved me and you followed me through the wilderness, through a land not sown. So we're talking about don't forget your first love. Don't let what was once precious and sacred and holy just become common or normal to you. You know, I was thinking about this. When you remember where you come from, it creates, or I'm sorry, when you remember when you come from, it breeds thankfulness. When you remember where you come from, it breeds thankfulness. But I think sometimes we get caught up in this. Be blessed little guy in Jesus' name, that's my son. It's like, whose kid is that? It's mine. (laughs) When you remember where you come from, it breeds thankfulness. But when you forget where you come from, I think it creates entitlement. This is mine, I earned it. Like I I deserve this, no, no. (laughs) We all deserve much worse than what has been given. Just take what's being offered. Eternal life is being offered. A great life is being offered. And you know, we don't, I'm, I said this already, but we don't let the past get glory. I like to remember where I came from so I can turn that around and say, look. And I'm not saying, check me out. I'm all polished. Look how nice I am. I'm saying, this is, you, you heard who I used to be. If you didn't know that story was about me, like, oh, I was wondering who it was. Yeah. That story that I read at the beginning was about me. I've come a long way. I'm really thankful for where I am now. I don't give my past the glory. I give all that credit to Jesus. So we're talking about what the local church provides. Here's point number two. Local church provides a pastor to help you grow up. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and say, oh, grow up. (laughs) And if you have a spouse sitting next to you, I'll let you deal with that when you get home. (laughs) A pastor to help you grow up. Included in this are life group leaders, staff members, and then just each other. We're all in this together. Look at Ephesians 4, through 12 out of the New Living Translation. We're talking about the local church has provided a pastor to help you grow up. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Can anybody say they've been built up up this morning? We're not who we used to be. I've been built up. Every year at this church, I feel stronger and stronger. And I thank thank God for Pastor Jordan, Dr. Jacobs, Pastor Diane. I thank God for someone who's willing and not ashamed to preach the uncompromised word of God. And tell us what we really need to hear. (laughs) Not something that's just playing with it. Not something that, hey, you know, we can only preach this so we have... Uh, more numbers on Sunday, I'm thankful for my pastors. They taught me how to grow up and be a man, and I'm thankful for it. I had a lot of growing up to do. (laughs) Here's the thing, though. The Bible says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. And if Jesus did, you need to. (laughs) And I need to. And when I'm 50, I need to. And when I'm 65, I need to. And before I go see Jesus, I still need to. It's a good thing. You haven't arrived. We haven't figured this whole thing out yet. You might know how some of this works a little bit. Dr. Jacobs is one of the best examples I can think. He says, I feel like sometimes I'm just barely scratching the surface. We haven't seen nothing yet. So if Jesus had to grow up, (laughs) then you do as well. So next point. The local church has provided accountability. I needed this in my life, and this is the thing that I I like, and sometimes I don't like. <laughs> Accountability means, uh, hey, you got to give a uh, an account of why your life is the way it is. And that's not always fun because if you screwed something up, you got to say oh, I messed up, right? <laughs> Accountability. Let's check this out in James five sixteen. I uh, I love this scripture, and I've always seen this scripture honestly, but for the past maybe year, year and a half. This has been something that I think about all the time. And I think it's something that, uh, I think it's a scripture that, that we need to major more in. Check this out, James 5:16. it says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. That sounds kind of easy. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. But if you tell somebody, they're going to know your business. Mm. If you know somebody, they're going to know what you did. If you tell somebody what you're struggling with, they're going to know what you looked up on the Internet. Huh. But it says if I tell somebody, the right person, hello, not your neighbor, not some co-worker that's just going to gossip with you, the right person, life group leader, pastor, close friend. It says confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. I've, I've talked to a, um, about three different guys in the church. Pastors is one of them. And I've, I've been experiencing a different level of freedom in a few different areas that I've never experienced before in my life. And I'm 33, and I've been in this church for 10 years. I'm not afraid to talk about it. I'm not ashamed to talk about it. All I know is I have freedom, and it feels good. <laughs> and it's available to you, too. And the ones that we've talked I, we've talked with and we've shared, and it says confess your sins to each other. We've talked to each other about this, and it says, and pray for each other that you may be healed. We've prayed, and we we've, we've have seen healing as a result. Yeah, okay. So if you're some, some person that's so blocked off and got your walls up and you're so guarded, let those things come down. Open up to somebody and say, hey, you know what? Because here's, here's, here's the trick of the enemy. The enemy says you're the only one dealing with this. Look at you, big man of God, big woman of God, sitting here on a Sunday morning and, and living like you know what the rest of the week. That's the, that's the lie of the enemy, to think that you are by yourself. But it turns out, I happen to be a youth pastor, and I kind of know that all of our youth typically deal with about the same stuff. And I know uh, a lot. sometimes people don't get free, and they move up into their 20s. So here we are in Sunday church. We're not exempt from it. I don't need to get into all the details of what exactly that is. But you know the things that you struggle with in your life. Open up. Talk about them. promise, though, if you do it. Here's the thing, you either believe God's word or you don't. How simple. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, you may be healed. Yeah, but it's harder than that, AMSie. It's not, actually. It says it right here. It's so simple. I love it, though. There's a lot in God's word, but he gave us a really simple gospel that anybody could understand it, if you want to. But I promise if you do, it'll be the biggest help to your life. Accountability in your marriage. Accountability with your pornography addiction. You realize that happens, right? You realize there's a lot of people in this room that deal with that, right? Oh, you didn't know that? Okay. There's a lot of people that deal with that. But we're so ashamed and so scared to talk about it because, well, we've been taught better. Yeah, you have. <laughs> so have I. But there's healing for you. There's healing for you. Accountability in your marriage, in your, in your fellowship. Accountability with distractions. And I have, I, like I said, I have like five people I call on to talk to these things. I'm not, I'm not ashamed about it because I've experienced freedom. Why would you be ashamed of freedom? I, am, I love the freedom that I have been experiencing. And it's only getting greater and greater. And if you feel like, hey, man, five years ago, I was still dealing with the same thing. Now we're on the sixth year, same thing. Seventh year, same thing. That was me for a long time, long time, repeating this cycle that I had no way out of yes. until I, the first time I opened up and said something to somebody, freedom. Yeah, yeah. yeah but they're gonna, no, they won't. No, right. Tell the right person, they'll love you through it and walk with you through it. Yes. Really it's available if you want it. Yes. Don't leave the service and be like, ah, I won't do that. I'll get it. This is 2022. This is my year. It's a year of growth and acceleration. And I'm I'm moving right out of that thing. Okay. You might be able to get it by yourself. Open up and talk to somebody. (laughs) Here's my last point. I'm not finished yet. So don't don't zip up your Bibles and place your your Applebee's reservation. It's closed down, (laughs) y'all. The one down on GrantLine, the one that me and Michael and a number of people used to go to, Half Price Apps, yeah, after 10 p.m., baby. Oh, man, we lived the nightlife. Oh, we were down there all the time. We were there. They're probably the reason they were in business for a while, but they closed down now. It's probably good. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> I'm almost finished. The local church has provided, here's point number four, a better life than you imagined. <laughs> So here, let's, let's do this real quick. Take your best plan. Think about your best plan for your life. Write it down mentally. Okay, pick it up, wad it up, and throw it in the trash. <laughs> Scrap it. That's your best plan for your life. God has provided a better plan than you could ever imagine. Is Amzi? is it really that good? It is really that good. The ones that are living in that right now could say it is really that good. Some of the things that my wife and, and I and my, our family gets to experience right now Never would have dreamed that we're doing it. Never would have dreamed that we'd be here. I thought I'd be much farther behind than this. I just didn't have a big enough vision. I put a limit on God. Pastor taught this uh, last year in 2021 about not putting a limit on God. I'm not doing that anymore. God has a better plan for your life than you could ever imagine. Even if you're 46 right now and stuck at a job that you don't like. A better plan for your life than you could ever imagine. Even if you know there's gifts and callings that you're not really using and you desire to use them, he has a better plan than you imagine. Don't give up on those things. Just refire. Don't give up on those things. God has placed, brother unless you were all over it this morning, there's business people in here that needs to trust God. Take him at his word. When he said, hey, start this thing. He's like, yeah, but what if at all? (laughs) My wife and I did that. It was scary. (laughs) She was pregnant with, uh, I don't remember which one anymore, but uh, she was pregnant, number two. And uh, she didn't work, and I had like two weeks of jobs lined up. (laughs) That's not very much, but we did it, and we trusted God. You know, in Malachi, when when he's talking about the tithe, he says, prove me and trust me. The God of the universe is saying, prove me and trust me. Pretty sure we can trust him. I'm pretty sure when he's got the whole world in his hands, just like the song says, I'm pretty sure we can trust him with a job, with giving a hundred bucks. I'm pretty sure we can. I think that all the time. It's fear that holds people back to experiencing that, that better life. I, I, I so greatly believe, like you said, Brother Les, there's business people in here that God has given you an idea to make money for the kingdom And to advance your life and help pay this church off and all kinds of things. I want to build my mom a house. That's one of my dreams with and goals with my money. One of the many things. There's people in here that God's waiting on you to do something like that. He's already given you that dream, that desire, that gifting, that skill that no one else has. You have it. That idea to make that whatever. But he's given that to you. Will you trust him on it though? You got to step out. It's not a leap, it's a step. And it's not as scary as you think it is. A little bit scary, but it's not as scary as you think it is. (laughs) I mean, has he ever failed you up to this point? Huh, it's a good thing to remember. Has he failed you up to this point? Let me think, when I was 10, no, 15, no. Hey, 30, no. Hey, I guess I can trust him. He's proven himself to us. His faithfulness and his consistency. You can trust him. So we're talking about God has given a better life than you imagined. I didn't say a perfect life. I didn't say a life that's free from storms and and things that aren't fun to deal with. But instead of going through those things alone, you get to go through those with Jesus on your side. You win every time. Let's look at Ephesians 3.20. I love this scripture. This is out the Passion translation. I really love that translation as well. We're talking about God, the local church has provided a better life than you imagine. Let me say this real quick. When I say the local church, I've mentioned that to people before, like, well, it's not really the church. It's Jesus that did it for you. Listen, you can't separate the two. Jesus is the head and we're the body. This is his house. If I say local church, you go ahead and insert the name Jesus right in there. So it didn't, it's not one or the other. It's both. (laughs) The local church has provided a better life than you imagined. Jesus has provided a better life than you could ever imagine. That's what I mean when I'm saying that. Don't get too religious on me. Let's look at Ephesians 3.20. It says, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. My goodness, I love this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power. Listen, constantly energizes you. Oh yeah, I received that. (laughs) Remember when I said, draw your plan down and go ahead and wad it up and throw it in the trash? He will exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all. If you need another word, I, I can't help you. That says it all right there. A better life than you imagined. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. So you think you're asking at a high level, but he's like, Son, daughter, I love you. I'm gonna give you this. He's a God of abundance. Don't don't put him in a box. Don't limit God. How you how you pray to him, how you receive him, is is what is what you'll get. And I've, my wife and I have talked, and we've just seen God move in some really cool ways, uh, especially this year. And I just told her, I said, I don't feel like I have any limits anymore with what God can do for us. I really don't. When you've seen it, and you're like, I didn't know this was possible, and then another thing happens, then in six months, another thing happens, like, I didn't know this was possible. God, I'm not going to limit you anymore. Some of you are like, well, I haven't had any of those moments. Well, just start. Just start. You know, I had many plans for my life, many versions of my life. I like a lot of different things. I thought about being a paramedic. I thought about uh, being a, um, staying in the military for a long time, and, uh, there's just many versions of my life that I thought, oh, this is it. This is, this is God's highest and best. And I, I realized that's not. Here I am doing none of the things that I ever thought I would do. And I'm thrilled about it, though. It's not like, sure, God, I guess I'll do this for you. No, I love it. I love getting to do what I get to do. <laughs> God's way is the best way. I can't stress to you enough, the local church has saved my life. We should view it that way. We should honor it that way. Not, yeah, I might go to church Sunday, yeah, yeah. If I feel it, the local church has saved my life. I owe everything to Jesus, and the and just the it's just Sunday. It's just a couple hours. Like really, the least I could do is show up for Jesus on a Sunday morning. That's the very least. <laughs> I want to be built up, so I'm going to continue to show up. I'm going to close here. You know, I, I don't have any. I don't have a plan B. <laughs> this is it. This is the only plan I got. I. <laughs> The church is the only plan that I got. Because let me ask, uh, who else could save your life? That $5,000 more on the year, moving to a different state, could that save your life? Your coworker who, sorry, but doesn't know anything, could that save your life? (laughs) This is my only plan. It's the only thing I desire to do. This is it. It's like when Peter spoke, he said, uh, but Lord, where will we go? He said, nobody but you has, <laughs> has the words to, of eternal life. <laughs> That's how I feel. Where else would I go? What else would I do? Anything else would be a step down. Anything else would be a step down. If someone offered me a million dollars in a mansion, it's a step down. A huge job, it's a step down. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And I'm gonna close, but um, I'm gonna have the team come back up here. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.